wait, have you heard of this millennial pause situation? Yeah. What is going on? (laughs) (laughs) Like, why is this? It feels like bullshit, but it also feels like. Why do I feel like we're just being um, made fun of? Like we're just being teased by Zoomers. We are. I mean, millennials are being teased by Gen Z, but it's like. I honestly don't even understand. Like, I understand the concept, but I don't like actually see it in reality. That's what I guess my point is, is like, is this just something that they're making up just to like tease us? Well, did you see like the original or maybe it's not the original, but the video that sort of blew this up, which is like, I think it's Nisi Pisa. I don't know. Some a YouTuber who. Okay, wait. Hold on, a YouTuber who actually has great videos about window shopping, different fashion places, oh, really? and making fun of the clothing. Oh, wait, but, I need to watch this, because that sounds like my kind of yeah, shit. It's it's great. But um, she, like, basically brought up a video of Taylor Swift that supposedly has, like, the millennial pause in it, and then oh. displayed it. But I was like, I, I still don't really see it. I guess she like waited so Gen Z just start talking. But what if you're cut off when you're talking? I just don't get it. I don't get it. Okay, hold on. I Nisi Pisa. Oh, you're right. That's a weird name to pronounce. Let's let's watch this real quick. <laughs> okay. Oh. Oh. God. What? It's not like it's not I guess I'm just like annoyed at how like how uh uh el- like nitpicky it is. Not nitpicky, but just how she's just like so like excited about it, how it's such a big deal to her that like she breathed and paused. Do you think what okay, wh- hmm. Do we know what causes well, the millennial pause? Um so people are saying that Gen Z just expects their technology to work. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure millennials mm. do too. I don't really think that's what's happening. Like to me, I don't think millennials are waiting to make sure it's recording. I think they're just like getting ready, right? You press record and then you move back. You know what it might right? be? Okay, hear me out. I think it's because we our first spoken engagement with technology was on the phone. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like when you answer the phone, there's a pause. You have to like, like, don't forget, like you're not, there's nobody in front of you. So you have to kind of like put yourself into this. Okay. I am speaking to Ramy. Ramy is mm-hmm. here. So I'm about to talk to her. I'm going to put on my phone voice and then you talk. I feel like that's the pause. It's like, or you answer the phone, you don't just start talking. It's just like, I don't know. Or it feels like know. it feels like a voicemail, maybe. And I don't know. It's like I feel like you're putting on your, you're preparing, and maybe Zoomers are just like the phone is just always there. I don't, I don't fucking know. None that's what I'm saying. It doesn't make like, well, because even like if I get on the Zoom with you, I'm like for at least like two seconds doing my own thing before I say, hey, what's up? Like, I'm looking at my screen. I'm just like, you're thinking like, is there any way I can get out of this? Yeah. How can I? What's my um, 
it's my exit route. Excuse today. No. Oh my god. I don't. Maybe it's just because we have just so much fucking anxiety. <laughs> and maybe like when Gen Z grows up a little bit more and they're just more like anxious and depressed, then they'll pause more. <laughs> they'll start pausing. They'll just start pausing. They'll like <laughs> maybe dead. they like just don't have that existential like, uh, why am I still here on this planet? Okay, hey, so um, here's my makeup tip of the day video. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I really don't know. Anyway, should we get into it? <laughs> yeah. I'm Raimi, that's Robbie, and this is I Would Never Know, a podcast. <laughs> talking about today okay today we're talking about like corporate campuses tech company campuses Ooh. 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 i guess i'll give just a quick overview of like a tech corporate campus which i feel is different from a regular corporate campus if that makes sense i just think there's more perks there's more money being spent I mean, all of that. Um, so they're usually newer and they're like compared to like, you know, your lit bigger companies that have been around for like 100 years or so. Uh, mm -hmm. And are, they're also trying to attract a different crowd of people. Like, yes, tech is very much a young person's industry. Um, yes. So they're trying to attract the young people. And so I think that that might be why they're <laughs> they're basically more like playgrounds and amusement parks than they are. <laughs> <laughs> environments where you do work well they're made to seem like playgrounds and amusement parks oh yeah, yeah there's there's nothing amusing or fun about these places <laughs> yeah so in contrast to i don't know what other place has a corporate campus like ge ge sure i worked General at visa Electric. um visa has a campus that is like basically foster city which is like a little island off san mm -hmm. francisco it's pretty much the entire island is um is visas like massive four buildings that are just um full of cubicles yeah so like that's one thing right so what differentiates these sort of newer tech campuses from you know these older companies is you know they're gonna have open floor plants they're gonna a lot of them have vibrant colors too <laughs> yeah way too much color a lot of color um they're going to have free food scooters all of that kind of stuff i don't think... forget the slides and the ball pits oh my gosh i know <laughs> and slides and ball pits um but before we get into that a little bit more it's also like the amount of money they're spending on these campuses is insane so i think apple is building or has already built a new campus That's... oh yeah the spaceship the spaceship that's five billion dollars jesus christ five billion dollars um and also 175 acres yeah the spaceship 175 um, acres like what mm -hmm. 
what, like think about like everything that we mm-hmm. could do with that kind of space. <laughs> hmm. It's but. wild. I also think. I mean, I don't know. I guess if Visa has a whole island, then. Oh, it's not nearly that big. I mean, this this it's it's I say island, but it's like yeah. it's not very large. Yeah. So like these campuses are also huge. They're huge. They're like little cities. They're little cities. And I think even in these like older corporate campuses, they don't have free food, I don't think. I think a lot of them you have to buy your food. Yeah, the um the the corporate cafeteria is like a thing that like, you know, are just kind of mediocre food in general. Yeah, it's it's mediocre food that you have to pay for. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But I did read that the Google offices in New York have like five star dining. Oh, yeah. No, that is absolutely true. I've eaten in a Google office and it's insane. But like five star dining. Yeah. They they said they brought in like Michelin star chefs at some point. This, that, the other. Wild. Yeah. All right. It's insane. I don't know. Also, last time when we were talking about snacks, you also said just give us all the money you're spending on that and we can go and do it ourselves. But I just don't think I'd have that experience if Google wasn't providing it for me. That's a good point. But then there's the question of why. Because I don't think they'd actually give us that money. (laughs) Well, but like why? Yeah. Why have that experience? And I guess guess there's like you could say, oh, well, it, it it helps recruit people to work there but like what kind Mm -hmm. of people are you attracting to work at your company if like they're coming there because it's like oh i heard you have the best food in the world me like okay yeah (laughs) as i came out of my mouth i was like maybe this is not the right (laughs) me i would a hundred i mean obviously i wouldn't because right now i'm at a startup because at the end of the day i sort of at this moment in my life enjoying startup life better but i can see myself enjoying the large corporate five-star dining life but if somebody Um, who's listening to this and works at google wants to invite you to the office for a day or two every week just to eat with them please please for lunch yes and another thing too that i read in this article was that they have ladders in wait like literal ladders ladders that you climb ladders to climb because the, if the elevators take too long, you can take a ladder to the next floor. Um, is that real? Have it was have, in a, it was like in a New York Times article. Have they ever heard of stairs? <laughs> I, I'm 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 so confused. They have ladders, ladders, and they have little um, ooh, messenger bags. Wait, sorry, like, no, 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 no. We're not uh, moving past. No, no, this no. Yet. I'm still on the ladders. They have messenger bags on either side of the ladder so you oh. put your stuff in the messenger bag and then you put the mess and then you climb up the ladder so so i'm just hold on let me picture this all right so i get to work and i'm just like oh man what a long commute here oh there's like five people in front of me for the elevator i really need to get to the third floor fourth floor 50th floor how bit tall is this building Oh gosh, how many, probably said, but how many ladders? Oh, you know are you what? It takes though? up an entire. I mean, I've seen it many times. Also, yeah. I've walked by it. It's by the Port Authority, um, right? It's in Chelsea. Yeah. Yeah. I think it. 
it like is the old port authority that's right that's right so um okay. it takes up an entire block it's like it looks like it's like maybe 10 stories or something around that right yeah it's not yeah. super tall but also how many like floors are you going up ladders for so, so it's like okay i gotta get to the third floor i've got a meeting with um you know uh larry page and um <laughs> oh man this elevator's taking so long i got an idea let me just shove this scone and the laptop that i'm carrying into this messenger bag and yeah. just climb up a ladder yes but yeah i still am having trouble with this one thing mm-hmm. do they not have stairs <laughs> do they not have a fucking staircase okay but this is all okay at the end of the day, this is all just weird curated fun to try and convince people to come here. Are people actually using the ladders? I doubt it. Ladders aren't fun. Ladders are what you use when a frisbee gets stuck on the roof. You know what ladders remind me of? What? Which Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> okay, because all right, because you climb up the ladder to get to I still feel like people don't know what Chuck E. Cheese is. Who doesn't know what Chuck E. Cheese is? I don't know. Everyone knows what Chuck E. Cheese is. Chuck E. Cheese is like one of those places you... I'm telling people anyway. It's one of those places where you take little kids and they like go climb on things and go down slides. (laughs) Which is basically what these companies are providing. Oh my god. All of these corporate campuses have a slide and I guess ladders and once again... I'm thinking of these things and I'm thinking they're probably so gross. Oh, they're probably sticky. Oh, like that's what I think about. Oh, I can't. uh, People's hands, people's little hands going up that ladder. uh, I mean, people's butts going down that slide. Oh, come on. Coworker butts are the worst butts. Uh, But yeah oh so when did the, what like okay take me back when did this all start why did this happen um okay i'm gonna give a little brief history yeah hopefully this won't be too long but a brief history on um like the corporate campuses in america Ramy's history corner yay Okay, so you could attribute like these company campuses to company towns, um, which are actually from the 1800s and they were um, for industries like coal or metal mining, like lumber things that you actually needed to go out of a city or into the wilderness area. me trying to talk about the outdoors the wilderness area (laughs) um and so these corporations would like create towns around this industry um so if you worked in like a mining town the company built up like houses for you you had a little like grocery store and your life basically revolved around your work i mean i I guess the town was created about for the work that makes sense though because you know rather than having to commute hours and hours and hours every day why not live near where you work people always yep you know people nowadays uh, i've moved 
um, to different places, different cities for job yep. opportunities. So, I mean, sounds but reasonable. the big issue here is that the, the town, like the corporation owned the town, right? They own the houses. Uh, um, they own the grocery stores and the price on the grocery stores. Yeah. I actually read that they raise the prices on the groceries in the stores so that they the workers could never quite make enough to like get out of the industry does that make sense yep and therein lies the rub isn't that's disgusting um and sort of the big issue generally besides what i just said was this sort of big brother type place where the company controls everything and a lot of times it was referred to as um like in the readings i did as either being like a prison camp or like a quote-unquote corporate utopia where the corporation decides what is a utopia does that make sense yeah i mean so utopia sounds nice it's a utopia for <laughs> the corporation like if you said to me like hey, robbie would you like to live in utopia i'd be like yes and they're like okay this is utopia brought to you by ronald mcdonald exactly do you want to live in my utopia not yours like, mine oh, hold on that's that's the issue and like when i was reading up on this a lot the term um paternalism came up a lot mm. um in regards to how the higher ups in the company treated the workers so basically paternalism is limiting someone's autonomy like quote unquote for their own good regardless of the will of a person it's basically i know what's best for you right paternalism i'm your dad and you're gonna listen to me and i know what's best for you basically right so there in these towns there were a lot of um socioeconomic clashes right you have people who are rich basically telling people who are poor how to live what to do what's proper manners all that kind of stuff it's interesting that you bring that up because when you say people who are rich and people who are poor what you mean are like basically people who are high up in the company ladder and people who are low on the company ladder not the google Which... ladder um <laughs> but the actual like hierarchy so when I, when you, you know, when you think about like company culture mm -hmm. today, mm -hmm. that really does, you know, yeah. feel relevant. Like when you hear about, um, people who, you know, I hear people who are wealthier, people who are higher up in the mm -hmm. company being like, oh, I don't understand why, you know, these new employees, they all like, like, why do they choose to rent? these tiny places in the city or things like that, you know oh what I mean? Like, God. or why don't they yep. go to the gym more? Why do they eat mm -hmm. crappy, cheap food? And it's like, yes, that's exactly ah, it. You don't pay them enough. Yep. You're judging their choices and you're judging them and their like personhood based off of the fact that they can't afford to do these things. Yeah. Basically. It's so funny to me because like there's this new trend on like TikTok or like, you know, mm -hmm. on the internet, this meme, of like the millennial manager who's mm -hmm. just like oh hey i'm gonna um be late to work today and the millennials manager's like okay i don't care <laughs> or like hey um i don't think i can get this thing done in time and the millennial manager's like all right whatever that sounds good 
But then it's like, hey, um, I don't think I'm going to actually be taking all my PTO this year. And then millionaires is like, no, you're taking your PTO. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, it's just this idea of like millennials, I think, being sick of that paternalism, mm-hmm. sick of the. Yeah, I just I don't know that that phrase is just so gross because it just makes me think yeah, like of like the CEO walking into a room being like, all right, everybody call me daddy. Yeah, I mean, basically, I mean, that's basically what they're doing, right, too. I mean, okay, wait, I really think that a good example of this is actually, um, like, Epic's campus in Wisconsin. Oh, Epic, the um, the medical tech company. The medical tech company, yeah, uh, okay. which I think is very interesting, and I really generally just want to do a episode on the company, because it's pretty wild. But let me not go, let me not get off track. Wait, let me finish my little history lesson. Okay. Okay. Um, okay, so generally these towns completely fell apart when the industry um changed, crumbled in some way, right? So that's how you get these sort of ghost towns, um, or I don't know, you can sort of see it in the Rust Belt. Or not the rest, yeah. Yeah. The rest belt. The rust um, belt. Um areas like Detroit yeah. where, you know, the industry is kind of dried up. Yeah. And okay, but I'm gonna give you also a more modern take too. So just just hold with me a little longer. So the generally the modern corporate campus um can't can be like a little bit more attributed to like suburban campuses of the 1950s so these aren't the the old campuses i were talking about was sort of like out in the as i said the wilderness and this is more in the suburbs so um around the like 1950s 1940s and post-war america um i guess you could say that like cities were portrayed as like quote unquote dangerous they were crowded they were polluted and there was racial tension always so yep and so um white americans started flocking to like the suburbs which were actually like pretty new um and that's like that's basically known as white flight where white people who had the means the money and the cars the cars cars are a big deal fled to suburbs that were nice um big houses and also poor people who in these cities in this specific time period as well were um like non-white people basically um couldn't get to these suburbs right they're only accessible by car yeah because at the time obviously getting uh, a car meant you needed to have money if you didn't have money you needed to be financed by a bank and banks would not loan money to people of color even worse um even if you could get a car great you've Mm -hmm. got a car because you know okay great you need a house and in order to get a house you know at the time again you need to get a mortgage you need to be able to afford it great let's say you can afford a house awesome so you're doing well you're a person of color you're in like the top one percent of your community and you're ready to get this house it needs to be insured and this is where we get into the historical 
uh, issues around redlining, where essentially um, insurers would not, they just wouldn't insure you. Mortgages mm -hmm. would not give, you know, nobody would underwrite you. They would always say the risk is too high. They would come up with all this bullshit and you end up with these highly segregated areas. Um, mm -hmm. I just want to drop a shout out. There's a book called The Color of Law, um, which actually goes a lot into depth about how the government set up laws or refused to uh, enforce laws, um, which essentially caused all of this really, really disgusting segregation and has actually impacted even to this day why um, you know cities like Boston, for example, are hugely segregated. And why or Chicago and Chicago as well, and why people of color have less opportunities now mm -hmm. than they would because of generational disparity and laws that are even still in place that make it harder for people of color to find um, housing and mm -hmm. and live in areas where they can have good jobs. So, I actually was watching a documentary. It was about a serial killer, but <laughs> it took it was. place. <laughs> It took place in Chicago, and they were talking about how in the 1950s, or even the 1970s, um, a lot of these places now that are considered dangerous, like bad parts of Chicago, were just Black families trying to move up in the world and buying houses and trying to like have the American dream, but because they were basically like thwarted at every turn it turned into you know desperate people do desperate things basically mm -hmm. um and so all of these places that people are like that's a bad area that's dangerous yada yada like the makings of that were these people's dreams of having a good life for themselves being crushed if that makes sense so Great. depressing yeah um, anyway, the corporate <laughs> campus. Oh my God. Shit. It's heavy um, stuff, but it's all very real. And it's things that yeah. people don't think about when yeah, they take a look at the industry. Um, oh, okay. But what does this have to do with the corporate campus is that, um, white Americans wanting to be in the suburbs meant that corporations started moving their buildings to the suburbs and then eventually creating what is the next iteration of the company town known as a corporate campus. So an example is in 1942, AT&T created um, what is like known as the first corporate campus. It was called Bell Labs in New Jersey. Uh, and then, you know, other places, General Motors, General Electric, a lot of insurance companies, all of these places that we are now calling like old and don't give you food for free. <laughs> Bell Labs <laughs> also was incredibly yeah. an incredibly successful experiment because, you know, a lot of the modern inventions that we use, in fact, a lot of the technology that goes into me speaking right now and it getting to be on a podcast that somebody's listening to came out of Bell Labs. So mm -hmm. there was some like benefit to what they were doing, at least from this idea of let's co-locate a lot of really smart mm -hmm. people and our best workers. Yeah. Um and, and try to make it so that they can really focus on work and be kind of like imbued in this like environment of innovation uh, and have everything at their, you know, that they needed nearby to do these things. But that's like a little, you know, needing to be near 
an electronics lab needing to be near, um, you know, a bunch of equipment that, you know, computers and stuff, which, you know, in the forties and fifties, you didn't have a computer in your, in your bag that you would take home with you. Um, nowadays you have that equipment mm -hmm. at home. And I think what you said about having a bunch of people together coming up with ideas and working together on those ideas um, was a very sort of specific, I want to say vibe, but vibe is not the word. Like <laughs> oh, it was curated, totally a vibe. Like it's the vibe that the company created. What's a, yeah. what's a, what's that word? Culture. Yeah. Culture. <laughs> I'm going with vibe. It's specifically the culture the company created. Like they very specifically said our campus is like a university campus. Like that's something they very specifically signaled. Um, this is not simply a business, but an organization working towards a higher purpose together. We're all smart. We're all university educated. Like it's a it, it's a whole thing. And, you know, if you take out all of the, like, blatantly racist implementation and, like, the really terrible... Like, I, I could see where they were going with this. I mean, if you go far, far back in time, you know, to what universities were in, like, you know, Greece and in Rome, these were, like, really intelligent people who would travel across the world to study together and learn from each other and, like, live together and, like, dedicate their entire life to furthering some mm -hmm. you know science and math and so okay sure i see the i see the reasoning behind that how that gets to man this elevator is running late so i'm gonna <laughs> climb up a ladder in my business suit to get to a meeting room to mm -hmm. zoom with somebody who's halfway across the world that i don't really oh and and on the way you have to dodge a go-kart that's driving down the hallway <laughs> oh my gosh yeah a scooter of some kind one of those, oh my gosh, one of those bikes that's circular. Oh my God. Yeah. The little like that you sit around the table. And, oh God. So yeah, Google has these those. bikes where it's like a table and you just sit there like pedaling while you're having a meeting outside and one person like steers it and it's like, no, I'm not exercising <laughs> while I'm in a meeting. Thank you. Um, wild, but okay. Two more points. All right. Um, so this, like these campuses also fell prey to the same paternalism that the ones in the 1800s did. Um, except now it was in a different way. So these are all like, quote unquote, like educated, like middle class people. But there was still somebody, you know, in charge, making more money. So all the same kind of issues still apply. Um, and they actually came into practice in the way the campuses themselves were built. So um, the campus was built and represented um, what the, I mean, what the person in charge wanted. There's a quote mm -hmm. that I found. The head man, right, the CTO, was personally involved in personally building himself a palace for his people that would not only represent his company, but his personal pleasure. Oh. 
Doesn't that kind of just like have a lot of gross vibes to it? Yeah. Cause it's, it's gross. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then, so, uh, a sort of like very blatant example of why this is bad is, um, you know, it translates to an office design that would typically situate women. So in this example, there are no people of color at the company, but there are still women doing things working in the, in the fifties. Um, and it put the women in open office floor plans and then the top floors were reserved for male like managers who were doing things. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's sort of like what it reminds me of is my engineering building when I went to school um, hadn't been built with women's restrooms. So they had to put the women's rest. They had to just choose a bathroom because there was a bathroom on each floor and they just chose one and they were like, that's the woman's bathroom. And meanwhile, you're walking in there, like, looking at these urinals, like, so what are we supposed to do with that? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, there came a point where I was like, I'm going into whichever one of the floor I'm on. And that's just it. Like, I can't I'm not going up four flights of floors to go to the woman's bathroom. Oh, my God. Those poor nebbish engineering students who had never (laughs) spoken to a woman before. Oh my god, they're fine. As you just walk into the bathroom, oh my god, you must have tried. Everyone was so doing it people. at that point. I Everyone, mean, the men weren't because they were oh, yeah. they were fine. They had bathrooms. How many women were in your like class? Five. It's not six. That's not six. great. No, I mean it's bad. It's pretty bad. Yeah, I mean there were two in mine. Uh, oh, but I was, yeah. you know, that was back in the 1920s. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, all right. And then my final little point is that much like the company towns, these campuses also, you know, fell with the fall of the industry or the fall of the corporation. So, um, GE, I mean, I think GE still has their lab. I mean, yeah, their campuses, but sort of the towns, they don't have enough industry for them to sustain a full campus, a full town. Um, yeah. A really good example is Kodak, um, mm-hmm. where their industry just really fell apart with, um, you know, I don't know, iPhones. Digital photography. Digital. Yeah. Digital photography generally. Um, and so, I mean, I've actually personally been to some of these like towns, which literally, okay. I'm specifically talking about the ones in like upstate New York that were built off of places like GE, Bell Labs, mm-hmm. Kodak, all of those have, they're like very beautiful towns. Like they've yeah. got um, these Victorian type houses and these beautiful parks and it's all just like decrepit and overgrown basically Mm. because the industry is gone from the area yeah because people just leave and they have no they don't there's no one to buy it i mean the same thing happened to detroit this is exactly what happened there is that yeah you know people were flooding detroit because there are so many jobs in building automobiles and then it all just went boom and now you know detroit is just it's rebuilding, but like 
you can go you know you can go to detroit and just see rows and rows and rows of houses that are just empty yep i mean the jobs are gone so you either go to where the job is or you don't have a job either way things aren't being taken care of like yeah. upkeep isn't going on um but that's the history of a, of corporate campuses generally and i'm saying all of this because i think it's important to frame like tech corporate campuses um because it's important to know our history it's important also i think it's really interesting to think about the fact that like google is not going to be forever even like the industry as we know it now as software engineers is not going to be forever in tech um and also sorry there's a fly <laughs> it's so gross i'm sorry it's so gross it... <laughs> um i don't understand. um well i think it's also important to kind of question this idea like i mean i think we're all just kind of like yes this is just the way it is. There are these large campuses where everyone works and it just makes sense. But like, there's a reason why it's that way and it doesn't have to be that way. And I think obviously right now we're learning that with this boom from, of like, you know, remote work and work from home where, Oh wait, if an office is literally just a place to plug in my laptop and some of these, you know, when I, so I was working at um, Liberty Mutual and their headquarters in Boston is such a massive, it's an entire city block. It's such a massive building that it wasn't uncommon for people to take meetings at their desk and just like, you know, use like Zoom or whatever to talk to other people in the same building. Oh my gosh, gross. And I also had a coworker there. And, that, and of course, now also there's... There's just different offices throughout the country or the world even. So yes. I had a coworker whose entire team was in Seattle when she was in Boston. And so her entire day was just sitting at her desk with a headset on, on Zoom calls. And like I would walk by and she would just look so miserable because she's sitting in a cubicle. Like, yeah. And you're also surrounded by people, so you can't, like, talk too loud. And you, mm-hmm. and so, you know, the more that we see this, the more that I think we're all questioning is, like, okay, why do we need to do this? And so I've actually been managing remote engineering teams since before COVID. Like, I, I had uh, the company I joined right before COVID started. We were a tiny startup, and we didn't have – we don't have money for an office. Before that, the company I was at, we just – we were open to hiring engineers – who were wherever I had more engineers on my team that were remote than actually like in Boston and came to the office. So I would go into an office and be on zoom with a bunch of people elsewhere. Um, and so if that's all that an office is, do we really need to have offices? Do we really need to have these huge tech campuses? Especially if like you said, they're being designed to like meet the needs and wants of one person, not the thousands mm-hmm. of people that work there. I don't want a ladder. Well, <laughs> I don't. Well, I think, I think like, like the question is really, why are they building these campuses? And like, are they sort of effective in that? And okay. 
two things. First, I do think that most of these places are in some way, like they're trying to build for the workers. I would say, you know, the older millennials are like, ladders are cool, right? That's like what younger millennials and Gen Z want, like ladders, right? Um, But I think there's other places. Okay, can we just talk about Epic very briefly? Because there's other places that are truly just built because the one person who owns the company is like, I like this. Yeah, I think Epic is definitely a special, a special case. So let's let's dive into that. It's wild. Okay. Okay. It's wild. Okay. So um yeah, Epic is what is it? Like a digital it's an EHR, an electronic health record. So when you go to the doctor and they pull up what medicines you're on, they pull up uh, when the last time you saw them, your vitals from your last visit, they have to write down your vitals from that visit, et cetera. It's basically just a massive database of information about you as a patient. And it's meant to be accessible by all of your doctors. So if you go to a specialist in rheumatology and then you go to a dermatologist and then you go to get lab work done in another state, the idea is that if all of these uh, specialists and hospitals are all within the same network and they all use Epic, they can all view your information. So nothing gets missed or, you know, you don't have to like shepherd files around. Yeah. Medical, whatever, whatever. Um, <laughs> 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 yeah whatever words blah. yeah okay but the company itself is actually pretty interesting um i think for um what's important to know before we get into how strange the campus is is that it's still privately owned and it's privately owned by a woman who's a recluse and also very eccentric Wait, like, so when you say I she's run, a recluse like does she not go to the office no. Why is she going to the office? <laughs> <laughs> These people aren't going to their own offices. These people, no. Oh my god. Okay. Wait, can I tell you? I read that um so Epic has like learning time, basically. Um, because they are a medical what what Jesus Christ. <laughs> medical technology company. Let's just go with they're that. Medical because they're a medical technology company, they have to have these learnings. Um, they actually, side, side note to my side note, they actually do things like the engineers have to sit in on some kind of, like, surgery. Oh, no. Um, no, no thank yeah, you. Yeah, like with blood and everything. I'm good. But, okay, I read that in one of these sort of learning sessions... Yeah. She actually like dresses up as something and gives a little story about it. So like she'll dress up as like the, a mad hatter or a wizard. And the article I read said that she had most recently dressed up as a park ranger and told a story about how one time she went camping and um ate some frogs. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I I'm sorry. Are you so that's who we're dealing so, with. N well, okay. Mm -hmm. So can I ask a question? Mm -hmm. Who let three 
elementary school kids <laughs> standing on each other's shoulders in a trench coat start a company. Yeah, and that's exactly what the corporate campus is like. Like, oh it's Lord. like three elementary school students in a trench coat designed a campus, like a corporate oh campus. God. That's what I'm saying right now. Okay, here's here are the stats. It's 28 buildings. It's 1,048 acres. Wow, um, wow. 1,048 acres? Yeah. It's That's actually massive. got... Um, like, it's actually many campuses i think it's one two three four five it's like five campuses like all next to each other yeah oh my lord um it's uh it's in verona which is like 11 miles outside of madison wisconsin oh yeah that's Um, a place that everybody wants to go and live yeah yeah dude um okay so i'm gonna take you through the campuses we have the wizard academy that is the most stop (laughs) Stop. no you're serious yes we have the wizard academy oh my god that is um that is the most well-known and um that's the one that's most used in their pr because i actually applied to epic um when i was first starting out and then i actually didn't go through with it because their interview process felt like really antiquated like more than regular tech companies like they were using some kind of weird software it was just you're saying it wasn't like similar to like the entrance exams at hogwarts (laughs) you know what they didn't send me an owl they didn't they did nothing (laughs) hagrid didn't come on his like flying motorcycle yeah you didn't have to like you know, make a broomstick do a dance or whatever. Expecto Patronum. I don't know. Um, okay. But their big claim to fame is that they've got a castle in Verona, Wisconsin. <laughs> they've got a castle, a full castle oh that God. this woman was like, I like this. I'm going to build it. Um, and it has like moving pictures. <laughs> and wait, moving pictures again like harry potter like harry potter it's based off of harry potter oh like, it's actually I'm like sure. based off harry potter yeah so, it's based off harry potter and she hasn't gotten like sued for like copyright well, no, infringement it's the wizard academy okay as it's not long hogwarts as, it's the wizard academy honestly i'll be honest as long as she's not a turf i'm, I'm not mad about it <laughs> like i mean i'm not mad about it. i think it's i think this is just like the perfect example of this sort of paternalism this is fun for me it's fun for you I, this is fun for you i mean harry potter is kind of fun like i'm not, I'm like, like, I'm not gonna lie i want to go there and like do they have butterbeer they've got like yeah they've got i mean i'm sure it's like you know butter i don't know like cider or whatever like Can off-brand I play- butterbeer not Quidditch, but like, I don't know, Squidditch. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's exactly the vibe. Oh my god, I want um, this. What it reminded me of is like Disney World without the rides, basically. Which is basically, mm. as I've been saying, just Chuck E. Cheese. Everything is sticky and it's fun for like... Because <laughs> everyone's touching everything. It's fun everything for like... Sticky. <laughs> it's fun for... I don't know, a week, maybe even a month because it's so big. And then you're just like, been there, done that. 
Um, they've got like a Diagon Alley eating area, like, okay. like they're literally Robbie. They are in the middle of nowhere. They have an alley built in <laughs> to the middle of nowhere. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's actually a good point. Like, why do you need an alley if you're in the middle of nowhere? They manufactured an alley. Um, okay. Wizard Academy storybook campus. So here's an example. They have an Alice in Wonderland themed building where everything is upside down. Mm hmm. Okay, sure. Yeah, fine. Sure. Exactly. Great. Um, this... Oh, that's probably that's also where they got their slide. There's oh, always God. a slide in one of these campuses. It's um, a sticky slide, right? Oh, I'm sure it's sticky. They also have a lot of uh, rocking horses. Themed rocking horses. Um, okay. But once again, why? I, I'm um, saying I'm not. I'm not going into work every day being like I can't wait to get on that rocking horse. There's gotta be like. No, I got nothing. There's no benefit to having. Like it's one thing to say like, we don't want to have a super boring office that's just like a cubicle mm -hmm. farm. Yeah. So like, okay, if you said to me, Robbie, do you want to go work in a cubicle farm or do you want to go work in Harry Potter, Disney Wonderland? Yeah. I, um, yeah. Well, for me, it would come down to the food, but like <laughs> ultimately see, I'm torn because like having worked in both environments, I mean, I haven't worked in something as crazy as that, but like I've worked at places mm -hmm. with slides and blah, 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 and scooters. Mm -hmm. I almost like there to be slightly less personality to my workspace mm -hmm. because i don't want to forget that it's just a place for work it's just a place to work yeah. i want to leave the office and go do other things in my life because i'm a city dweller but here's the other thing now i'm a city dweller which means mm -hmm. i can go to a concert i can go to there you know a bar that has um ping pong tables and whatever things that are not in the office i guess I'm assuming it's harder to do that in Verona, Wisconsin. Yeah, I think what Epic is also a very good example of is this bubble, right? Like, because mm. basically these campuses and um, I think a while ago you were talking about the we're bringing together a bunch of sort of smart, like-minded people, this, that it becomes a bubble where you're not actually getting not only other opinions, but other views on life and experiences of other types of people, basically. So the way that Epic is a good example of this is that Verona is its own town, right? It's not like it's like Epic, the city, Epic, the town, whatever. Um, so Verona has 10,600 people. 9,800 of them work at Epic. And what do the rest do? I bet they um, work at the hotels oh. for the visiting new employees and potentially other families. And some of them are probably And like farmers. grocery store. Yeah. Grocery so basically, stores. it's not that they're directly employed by Epic, but let's be honest. They work for Epic. They work for Epic, yeah. They, yeah, because if Epic were to just suddenly disappear, they, they would as well. Yeah, which is basically the entire, like, 
is how how these things mm. tend to go, really. And I think also what this is also, oh my gosh, this is actually such a great example of a lot of things. Um, but also it's an example of I guess maybe like occupational segregation in a town. In elaborate on that. Okay. So a lot of these tech companies have people who work on site at the tech company that are not, that are contractors that are um, supplying these benefits and perks to the tech employees who like receive the benefits and perks and are basically like the coveted children of the company. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is that these subcontractors, so these are like, you know, bus drivers. If the company is like shuttling people back and forth, um, you know, cooks, um, just sort of all, you know, all of those people that supply those perks. And, um, a lot of them need to live near the places, right? These pl- these companies are employing them, right? Yeah. Just like they're... So they need to live in this area, but they're getting paid a lot less. They also are not, like, considered full-time employees and not given the benefits that the tech workers are. And they're also, like, the first people to get cut. Like, mm-hmm. um, if a company says, we're cutting our perks, we're not laying you off, we're cutting our perks, they're laying people off. It's yeah. just not the people that we're thinking of. And so you have people, like, let's talk about, we're leaving Wisconsin, we're going to uh, Mountain View. We can talk about how there's a bunch of people who are tech workers in Mountain View and also a bunch of people who work for Schmoogle, Google. <laughs> I don't know if I should be saying Google. That's fine. You know, who are not getting paid nearly as much as tech workers, but still need to be in that area. Do you get what yep. I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. It's, um, you know, it reminds me of, um, there's a whole uh, situation a couple years ago on Martha's Vineyard where the CEO of Liberty Mutual has his house, his one of his many big mansions, and um, he lives near a country club. And the employees that work on that country club, they can't afford to live on Martha's Vineyard. So mm-hmm. they have to take a ferry to work every day, which if that ferry is late, they're late to work. Mm-hmm. And that's expensive and that's a lot of time and it's not like, you know, you can just live. I mean, the ferries don't exactly leave from great places. So the country club decided well so that we can serve. Like, again, don't forget, these employees are literally coming to this country club to serve the rich people on the island. Yep. Yep. So we, we can better serve these rich people on this island. We're going to build a dormitory at our country club. And he sued... Because it was, he didn't want them to build this big, ugly building. Oh my gosh. One of the most disgusting things I've ever heard personally. And so I, I, when I hear things like that, it makes me think of this, this, this idea of like this crazy segregation Mm -hmm. that happens in these, in these campuses, in these towns 
And yeah, like, you know, if, if you're not providing parking, if you're not providing transportation, you know, for people who have to come to your campus to clean, to feed your employees, to basically pamper them and be their parents, mm-hmm. um, then you're creating a lot of economic, um, economic issues really in the area. Yeah. A lot of economic disparities. And I think the point is also that these towns are so owned by these companies, you know, it's not like this is one company and there's also a mix of other people and whatnot. Like it really is just this company. And if it wasn't, it is now, you know, these tech companies come in and build their campuses and then shut down a lot of other places. Um, you know, like we can get into very quickly. If you are a restaurant and a tech company comes in, brings, you know, thousands of people that don't use your restaurant because they get fed at the company and suddenly everybody else who used to live in this area is priced out and moving out your restaurant is going to fail basically same with gyms same with a lot of um smaller local businesses in that area but that's all to say that these companies um really end up controlling a lot of what's going on in the area and i guess the point i'm trying to make is that there aren't a lot of other places to work or um, types of people, right? You work at the same company and you're either in this category or in that category. You're either a tech worker or you're not a tech worker, basically. Like you're not in the corporate and that's it within this town. Right. There's no, there's not other things. Does that yeah. make sense? Oh, absolutely. I mean, look, living in Seattle, pretty much everyone here is a tech employee. It is so yeah. it's I think it's in some areas, it's more expensive to live in Seattle than it is in New York City. And not to mention, like Seattle's not surrounded by a bunch of other cities and, and places. It's really in the middle of nowhere. It's tucked away in the corner. And so Amazon and Microsoft and Expedia created a situation Mm -hmm. where everybody here is a tech employee. Mm -hmm. Everyone else who could afford to leave has left because they don't want to be surrounded by tech employees. Like again, this entire city, I (laughs) my parents were visiting last weekend and I'm, I'm driving them around and my dad goes, where's Amazon? And I just waved my arm and gesticulated wildly. (laughs) The majority of the city is owned by Amazon. And you look at like, and over there is the Amazon Fresh, where you get your groceries. Or, or you're right, you can go to their competitor, Whole Foods, <laughs> which is yep. owned by Amazon. And or you want, you know, it's Amazon everywhere. And so, or, or maybe Microsoft. And so, the people who can afford to leave mm-hmm. are the service workers, the service employees, the people who serve coffee and yeah. pizza and terrible bagels to the Amazon employees. And so it does create this, there's like, there's a very, uh, thick tension here. Like if you walk around in Seattle, you will see tons of graffiti that say Mm -hmm. tech bro, go home. Totally fair. 
yeah. totally agree. <laughs> oh, I'm not arguing. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you are the problem. And like, it's very like anti, yeah. you know, it's, it's creating a really fucked up situation. One thing that I want to, um, oh, sorry, no, no, go ahead. Oh, I just think Amazon's an interesting example because a lot of these campuses are more suburban and Amazon like actually took a city. Yeah. It, it's a, it's, I mean, it's not like a, a big city. It's not like a real city. It's not, a, it's not I mean, but it's still a, a city. Hey, there's and like they took a city. A tall building or two here. <laughs> I don't know. I just think that's an interesting point with Amazon. I don't. I mean, you could say that like Google and tech in general was San Francisco, but Go- Google is technically not in San Francisco. You know? Yeah, it's down on the peninsula. Where which was like more... Seattle really just Amazon really just did that to Seattle. Yeah. I, yeah. Even Microsoft Sorry, is like out in Redmond. Like, yeah, yeah. it's not really here downtown. Um, you're right. Amazon was just like, no, we're just, this is ours. Thanks. Bye. Yeah, they really did. I, um, I think they have like 40 buildings. Oh, way more than that now. I think it's over 60. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Jeez. Uh, anyway, sorry. I think I. No, it's fine. Um, so one of the. Also, back... mm-hmm. Nope. <laughs> you're good. Back on the Epic thing, something that, you know, I think is really interesting is Epic does not support remote work. So mm-hmm. if you work for Epic, you are in Verona, Washington, yes. Rushing, uh, yeah. Verona, Wisconsin. Number one. So they're actually purposefully populating Verona. Like you, Yes. Number two, when you apply to Epic, they ask you for your GPA oh gross this is why i said it was antiquated they i didn't even say ask that. for your for your transcript if you have it on yeah. hand yeah and so they're actually trying to create a deeply segregated mm-hmm. town because like let's be honest if we all know if you ask for college degrees you ask for what the, the major is and you ask for gpa mm-hmm. you're looking at privileged people you're not you're going to have inordinately white yep. people applying mm-hmm. to your jobs or at least getting through. Mm-hmm. We also know that by asking for these things, by default, men are more likely to apply to these jobs the more restrictions you put in place than women are, even if they're totally, even if they have the same That's GPA, true. they have the same degree, whatever. So yeah. there's these, yeah, antiquated is definitely a good word for it. Well, I will say with women too, right? We all know that like the brunt of taking care of families and whatnot falls on them. And for me, um, as somebody who just didn't want to do it because I felt like it was too long and boring and weird, like that was why I didn't do it, but it is long and boring and weird. And so like somebody who's taking care of their family might not have time for that. You know, like it's longer or it was just like, it was worse than a Google interview. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, no, I totally know what you mean. So that's that's taken up too much time. Just want to add that. Yeah, I I want to go there. I want to see this campus and experience this like for myself. <laughs> oh my god. Could you imagine yeah. like just like going Let's- there? Let's go. Honestly, I will say Madison is like a nice little city. I've, I've 
I've never been. I've driven through Wisconsin. It is beautiful. So let's do this. Um, anybody at Epic is listening to this and wants to invite Rami and I to your campus. Although I guess if you're listening to this, there's no you're you're more likely telling security make sure these two people never show up. <laughs> but like, prove us wrong. Like, t- like show us why what you're doing is good. Because let's like triple yeah, back here. Truly. What Epic is trying to do, and I'm not going to comment on how successful they're being because spoiler alert: if you've ever walked into any doctor's office that uses Epic, just 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 go ahead and ask the 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 nurse, the physician, the physician's assistant what they think of mm-hmm. Epic, and I'll I'll tell you that their opinions are probably all going to align, and they're not great. Um, what they're trying to do is is revolutionize the healthcare industry and have pot to, so that they can promote positive outcomes for patients. We are all patients. We are all mm-hmm. at some point in our life going to utilize the healthcare system in America, the vast majority of it, I, I correct me if I'm wrong, somebody out there, but maybe don't quote me. I'm fairly certain that Epic services a large, large majority, or at least a very large segment of the healthcare industry. And their goal is to, you know, to be the de facto EHR for all doctors and, and medical professionals. Mm-hmm. So with all of that being said as their goal, how is having this company town because this is a yeah. company town in Verona yeah. how is making sure that you know the software engineers have specific GPAs how is requiring people to be there and lastly how is basically having your campus architected by Mrs. Frizzle <laughs> going to get you to that goal mm-hmm because look, if you're telling me, put a fucking like dinosaur seesaw in the boardroom and then have your investors sitting on that is going to make things better for patients. Fine. Oh, wait, I just realized something. There are no investors. That's the other oh, part. No, no, no. It's just owned by this one woman. I think it's so epic. I think it's very interesting. Not good. I mean, I'm not going to say good either way, but interesting. Yeah. So the um, uh, Judith, Judy, the the CEO, she owns it herself. She's like a billionaire, isn't she? Like like Judith, why don't Judy, Judith, Judith uh, Faulkner. Oh, oh, that doesn't sound like somebody who comes from money. Um, Judith Faulkner, not at all a recipient of generational wealth. Uh, isn't I, she's like one of the, I think she's like the third or fourth, like one of basically one of the richest women in the world. Yeah. When I looked up Epic, it was like the richest woman you've never heard about who runs Cirque du Soleil parties in her mansion, whatever, whatever. Okay. When you say Cirque du Soleil parties, you mean she literally hires Cirque du Soleil? I have no idea. That's, that's all I've got for you, dude. <laughs> I don't know. Bruh. friends with her. <laughs> can I quadruple back and say also once again? I'm not out here being a like a fact factory for y'all. Do your own research, okay? <laughs> a fact. Get your own factory. facts. Get your own facts. We're just chatting. We're just chatting. Yeah. Well, I can tell you here's a fact. This woman is a billionaire and therefore. Mm-hmm something is wrong because we don't support billionaires 
Like no one person no, should have no. that much wealth. I agree with that. I agree with that. Period. Hundred percent. Period. Oh my God! Wait yeah. a minute. She was raised like right near where I grew up. Oh, New Jersey. Why do you got to tell people where I grew up? Now they're gonna judge me. You told people where you are, right? Oh, so it's not about knowing. No, you. It's I about don't want people to know from New Jersey. <laughs> oh my God, I'm dead. I'm just kidding. Um. Yeah. So okay. I'm sidetracking. But I read about Netflix's campus in Los Gatos. Yes. This has nothing to do with what I was going to say. But I just wanted to say that they have a series of rooms dedicated to showing living rooms around the world. Oh. My God. That's actually fucking cool. You know what someone asked me? Yeah. They said, well, what are they doing when the living rooms change? What are they doing with all of those stuff? Right. So they're displaying the example I saw was India. They're displaying what would an Indian living room look like um, while they while they're using Netflix, basically. Right. It's all about what the living room looks yeah. like for Netflix. It's um, kind of cool, actually. But. Also, what are they doing with the stuff when they're done with it? Are they giving it out? Or are they throwing it away? What do you mean that like was done with someone... it? Like it's not like a permanent thing? No, it changes. It changes. Oh. So they'll display India one month and then they'll display, I don't know, um, like, I don't know, Ghana the next month. And then maybe Iran, like, like the yeah. person who whose like actual living room, they just stole everything out of. They give it back to them. <laughs> Like, I literally feel like Netflix just, like, shows up to some, like, random <laughs> living room in, like, Tehran and is like, hello, everybody. Um, as per this paragraph in the uh, terms and conditions of Netflix that you did not read when you signed up, uh, we can take you and your and the entire contents of your living room to our campus in Los Gatos for the next <laughs> month. And then they like take everything out. They bring the family. They make the family yeah, sit there, the family there and watch TV. <laughs> and meanwhile, yep. like somebody's trying to have some like meeting about like, hmm, should yep. we which which transphobic comedian should we give a special to next? Oh and yep. they're like, Hello, I'm trying to watch Anna this Anna Delvey show or whatever. Like <laughs> <laughs> I think that's good. And then after a month they just send them back with like a Netflix hat and like a tote bag. Yeah. In a, in a tote bag, yep. They, they love giving out tote bags, all of them. Anyway, I just thought that was really interesting. Um, really interesting use of their space. Okay, so just to... Let me... Do you mind if I recap this amazing topic that you brought to us? Okay. I would love it, Robbie. Is that better? <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> um, big companies cannot get away from the concept of ruling every single facet of their employees' lives and causing as much harm as possible to the environment around them. <laughs> QED. I mean, I don't know if that's true or not. Um, I'm not really the person to make that big statement. Um, I just, like think maybe if we were a more um, distributed workforce and weren't, you know, forced to go to the same place to work, um, that would be nice. Yeah. And I don't really need a ladder or a slide. 
And that's that's about it. That's that's my point. No shoots or ladders for you, Ramey. No shoots and ladders. Oh my god! In the Google camp, like in the Google New York office, can you play shoots and ladders? But for real, okay. It's time for me to go to bed. Good night. (laughs) Good night. May I be blunt with you? If you'd like to write in with any questions you'd like to have answered, topics you'd like covered, or other general nonsense, send Ramey and I an email at iwouldneverknowpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Are we doing this again? Oh, we're going to do this again. Are you sure? Oh, and then we're going to do it again and 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 again and